Welcome, everybody, to the Steve Jordan Experience. Thanks for being here with us today. My guest today, Drew Plotkin, is an Emmy Award-winning producer, the founder of Derm Dude, a male grooming brand that is just blowing up. It's awesome. You can see the uh, their, 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 their brand and logo and commercials. That's pretty amazing. He launched DRTV Agency, as well as the co-founder of Global Mobility USA. It's a nonprofit delivering wheelchairs to people in need. Drew has appeared in a variety of media outlets, including the cover of Ad Week. He has produced global campaigns for numerous celebrities and high-profile individuals. Over the last 30 years, his company, Derm Dude, also serves as the primary 2022 sponsor for NASCAR driver, Spencer Boyd. He lives in Southern California with his four magical kids and dog, Rufus. I, I love that. Welcome to the show, Drew Plotkin. Steve, thanks for having us, brother. Appreciate it. I'm super stoked, man. You know, when I reviewed you and your, your, your team reached out to me to have you on my show, something popped out. And it's something that I want to highlight today. And it is don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> and we're going to get into your book because you're this like gnarly, like badass looking guy, big beard, tattoos, you know, dressed in black, trucker hat, you know, someone I'm like, whoa, if I saw you walking down the street, I might be afraid to walk by you by myself. But you got this big love, man. And, you know, I bring this up. It reminds me because you're like, you bring your dog up. And I'm a big believer. If you don't love dogs, like there is something like maybe you're, you know, maybe you're allergic or whatever, but there's something maybe innately not too good with you. You know, your heart isn't as full as it should be. But even just now when we were getting online, I told you my son, who's eight months old today, you know, is crying in the background. You're like, man, bro, go do, you got to do like family first, like get your kid like situated before we do this, this could, you know, always wait family first. So I want to share that, you know, because I want the audience to understand, you know, really who you are as a person to understand your true value from the inside out. Tell us about who you were as a kid and like how you grew up and like how you got to be such a, 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 media, a media mogul, a business mogul, like, you know, entrepreneur and someone who's just crushing it in life. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm happy to hear that coming from you. You know, sometimes I, I dare to let myself think in those terms. And then some days I, you know, you know, I don't think you should think of yourself in, in those terms. Very often it probably means you're a bit narcissistic. So I'm always trying to keep pushing the boulder uphill. And, you know, I don't have a problem reminding myself that I've always got a long ways to go because I'm, I'm, I'm content you know, not just with where I'm at, but with where I'm going. Nice. So that's a big thing for me. And yeah, it's funny that in, in, in your buildup, you're mentioning that, you know, it's not the first time I've heard someone say, hey, if I bumped into you in the street or in the dark, I might be afraid of you or whatever. And I mean, it's, it's been a common theme for quite some time. And the funny <laughs> part is it's it's really the opposite. I mean, I'm, I'm far more likely the person that is going to help you get back up if you fall um, you know, then be the one to push you down. So, um, it, it is interesting. I think human nature is that we judge books by their cover, the old saying. Um, and I don't really sit on a soapbox and say that because I'm probably as guilty of it in one way or another as everyone else. I mean, that's, you know, as human beings, you know, we have inherent flaws and, you know, uh, rather than beat ourselves up for that, I think the key is and what I try to do with myself and sharing with others is, all right, if we know this about ourselves as human beings in general, um, you know, what can we do knowing that to offset that, to be less like that, to be more open-minded, more, uh, you know, less judgmental or not judgmental. And, you know, I, I think just applying those lessons to myself in life and sharing them with others and, uh, you know, um, 
I don't want to get too philosophical, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I, I think that's like great. To be on an airplane and have people like kind of look like this and be like, I got to sit next to him or, you know, get up and yeah. put something in the overhead bin and someone like gets back up and double checks their bin to make sure I didn't take anything. And, you know, but uh, having said that, there's a lot of people in this world who, who suffer a lot f- further and uh, worse and dangerous, uh, uh, if you want to call that profiling than I do. So um, I, I laugh yeah. about it. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's conversation for the times as well, right? It's, it, as you said, it's inherent in our nature as human beings. I, there, I don't think one person on planet that is void of that. Um, you know, it's something that we are uh, we have to we have to have peace with, and we gotta recognize. And when the conversation you bring it to conversation or have just even a conversation about it now, even though we're talking about some, we're going to talk about something completely different, you know, it's important to know like where you come from, like your values, who you are as a person to understand the brand, because the brand could be a little offsetting as well. Um, you know, yeah. you, your, your, uh, your, your tagline is like bald beard and tattoos. Right. Um, you know, and you've had some, some great success with, especially the, the men's balls, uh, you know, advertising and, uh, some really big hits on TikTok, And, uh, it's just, you want to make sure, like, I feel like when you have a brand, like the brand is an extension of who the person or the people behind it is. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, I mean, I've done branding stuff. So would you, uh, would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I mean, that was the idea of Derm Dude is that I spent, you know, almost 20 years in Hollywood, you know, owning and operating my own ad agency, great group of people I had with me. And, you know, we were doing, you know, celebrity skincare commercials, fitness commercials. I mean, everything under the sun, I, you know, I've worked with, you know, uh, Jennifer Lopez multiple times, Cindy Crawford, Paris Hilton, and people do a lot of fitness exercise videos. So I worked with Tony Horton, who is the P90X guy, um, Richard Simmons, if you remember him, Jillian Mike. I have a picture with Richard. Yeah, I do too. Right before he was chasing me around, and you know, yeah, he's me a great too. dude. I actually, <laughs> yeah, Richard is a character, and I love him. I haven't seen him in years, but he is a great dude. Um, but I've I've worked with everyone on every side of 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 the TV world and even the film world, and in, in over a twenty year period out in Hollywood, and just a kid from New Jersey, who kind of had no idea that this is where he was going to end up. And I, I love that and I appreciate that. And I had a lot of success with it and I was able to do well for my, my family and kids and we built a, a decent business. But at the end of the day, you know, those weren't my brands. Those weren't my messages. I was, you know, hired to help build a message for someone else's brand product. And with Derm Dude, uh, which is, you know, only about a year and a half old and, and really, you know, I don't know, eight months that we've really been marketing and, and bringing it to the public. A lot of it was developing the products. That was my opportunity to create my own brand that mirrored my voice, my personality. Um, and yeah, as you can see, it could be a little scary <laughs> for some <laughs> people. So, I mean, you know, you mentioned one of our taglines, you know, which is, you know, Derm Dude, your best balls, beard, and tattoo tattoos. But we have, we have several, you know, one of them is um, touching yourself just got better. Um, another one is great smelling balls is a win-win um life is full of assholes don't smell like one so these are all throughout our whole website and our social media and we're not really just about it's not about witty one-line puns but but it is about we are comfortable more than comfortable saying and doing things that really nobody else has uh previously because most brands are run by marketing companies they're run by the same type of people i worked for or was hired to work with over the last 20 years and, you know, I'm not going to say that there is a dishonesty, but you lack authenticity 
except when it's your own. When it's your own and you're the one who makes the rules, you're the one who can say yes or no. Um, and that's the cool part about Derm Dude. It's really one of the only professional experiences in my life, probably the only one where I can say yes or no on on anything and everything. And that's that's like kind of a dream come true, actually. That's awesome. So I want to uh, take a couple steps back. I, I, in what you just shared there, I found several commonalities between you and I. I'm going to first start with Jersey, bro. I'm a Jersey dude. I born and raised in Clark, New Jersey, Union County. There How you about go. you? Yep, I was exit 120, which would be considered Matawan or Old Bridge. Right yeah, man. It was the Garden State Art Center. I think they've renamed it several times since. Yeah. And, uh, yep. and most of my time down Long Beach Island during the summers and lifeguarding and, you know, bartending and working in clubs and, you know, just is a great way to grow up, man. I wouldn't be surprised we crossed paths because mine was down there too. I was exit 135, Clark yep. uh, Westfield exit. And, uh, you know, Matt, Matt Juan actually had good friends from there. The Powers, Mike Power. I don't know how old you are. How old are you? Almost 51. Okay. So we're similar in age. I'm 48. Um, but yeah, they, um, uh, Jerry Power. I don't know if he grew up in Matawan now. I mean, it's, it, it sounds familiar, but it's been a long, been a long time. time. Yeah. I, I was a, I was a bouncer as well at the Parker house. I, I remember <laughs> that. The so Parker I was at a house. place on Long Beach Island. You might remember cause you were old enough called the tide out in Bay village. Yeah, sure. So the tide. Sure. I started as a kid there when I was, I think 16 or 17 as, you know, security, but they called it bouncers back then, which is kind of, yes. you, you hand exactly. a, kid a t-shirt and say, now nah, you're allowed to manhandle anyone. It, you, it, and, it, you and six other employees can grab someone and throw them down a flight of stairs and it's okay. Totally, totally, uh, totally. And graduated my way up to a bartender, which kind of, that was, that was a bigger deal back then than, than being elected president of the United States. I'd imagine. Absolutely. Jersey shore, man. Absolutely, man. You had the, uh, you know, I love to the, uh, the front of the line, like, um, or, you know, access when you were yeah. a doorman or you bartender, you can go up to any bar and you had that, you know, that privilege, if you will. And it was a legacy. There was a lot of legacies that people loved to, you know, Jersey Shore at the summer was one of the best places that you can be. And uh, people lived for the summer there in Jersey. So it, it was probably to, the closest thing to being a mobster without being a mobster. I mean, yes. I've not been a mobster. I have uh, friends who who were very uh, tied up in that. They did our podcast a while ago. So I got some real insights, not just from watching the Sopranos, but from some real ex mobsters. And, you know, I mean, you know, clearly there wasn't the crime and all that, but I mean, you walk in when you're like bartending or working at the clubs down there and, and you know, the, 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 the C split, man the way the water yeah. split as <laughs> you could go totally. i used to remember my father would like never wait online at this bagel place because it would be people wrapped around the corner he's like ah man i want to get a bagel there i'm not going to wait for an hour and i would hop out on my bike and i'd come back five minutes later with a dozen bagels I'd be like, What's it? i'm like oh no i just walk up to the front you know because then i work at such and such as the bartenders yeah <laughs> he's like you don't even have a good job a career <laughs> it's like i think it made him more angry than happy but he still ate the yeah. meals that's awesome and then uh finally one of the uh one of the other commonalities that i just you know i'm in the fitness industry as you probably saw in my in my yeah. background and uh do you know uh darren kapnick uh from watch it now entertainment he uh was an agency might have worked with him and a lot of his a lot of his staff people that he uh represented or managed so, um it sounds like, familiar i mean i yeah I, we, we did have people that did all like i would look at the model selects and the fitness selects but and weigh in on them and say who i wanted but we had mm. producers that were managing those relationships with the agencies yeah. but 
Um, you know, I was more working like directly with like the Tony Hortons and the Jillian Michaels and the yeah know, uh, Tony Littles. Remember the guy with the ponytail? Who would oh yeah, scream and he was a great dude actually. But, yeah, yeah, you know, I met him a few guys. times in uh, Marina Del Rey when I moved here from New York City. I lived in Marina Del Rey and the, he used to work out at the um the, there was a little gym there like on uh, Panay Way where the Cheesecake Factory is, and he used to go in there this old rundown place. But really great guy. You know, everybody. In Hollywood, and just in general, like when you're at the top there, most people are really genuinely nice. You get to the top because some of those innate, you know, inherent uh, personality traits and characteristics. Um, and, you know, kind of going back to you and Doom Dirt, again, you being uh, someone just authentic and uh, someone who's uh, just vulnerable and even just real from the inside out. You can obviously see and hear that you lead with your heart. And that to me stands out. Um, and let's talk about Derm Dude now. So, you know, with the inception of the brand, um, you know, where did you come up with the idea? Um, I know, and maybe it's a Jersey thing because I used to shave my chest and, you know, manscape <laughs> and do all that stuff until maybe I got married and it became a little less uh, important, but I still do it. Um, and I actually have a story, you know, maybe this will kind of highlight your, your brand and the benefits, uh, one of the benefits of it. One of my clients recently ended up having some major surgery um, from an ingrown hair initially from manscaping down in his groin area. It got ingrown and it ended up turning into a cyst. They cut it out and that ended up getting infected. And over like a series of three, four months, he's had two surgeries ending up like having a gaping hole in his like groin area because of you know, something like that. And I hope that your product can, you know, be a, uh, a, a barrier to something like that. So, you know, let's talk about the balls, beard and tattoos and how your product came about. Yeah. Well, let's circle back on your friends thing. Cause that's kind of an issue into itself and a really unfortunate one. I mean, uh, he, he may have been an outlier who knows what happened. Cause that's a very extreme situation, certainly using good grooming products, including down there. And, and I'll, I'll talk about ours. Um, are, are really, you know, meant to keep clean, get rid of bad bacteria. But um, that's a pretty extreme case. So who knows like what happened in some of the specifics, but where the brand really began was, you know, over those 20 years working and helping run other brands. And we did every aspect from all the marketing creative, you know, I was directing the commercials, the talent, helping write, produce. We helped with the brand development from the product naming to the product development, everything really in between. We were a full service, one stop. We, we touched everything. And for me, the idea was, man, I I've seen, and, and we did the math, uh, recently when, from when the book came out, um, which we'll talk about in a bit, but, but we were, you know, probably close to $2 billion billion in total gross sales of all of our brands, clients together of all the revenue we drove. I think, you know, officially we felt comfortable saying over a billion because when we just took a look back at old reports and stuff, that, that number was so easily cleared that, you know, we knew that we weren't taking a chance of, of not being a hundred percent accurate. We always want to be detailed, but it's been 20 years. Uh, so we, we, we had been very successful, uh, in most ways and that's great. And, and we did okay. We definitely didn't bet, didn't do badly. Nobody should cry poor for us. But when you're doing some of these brands, some of them were doing two, $300 million a year. <laughs> some of them yeah. would end up being sold for hundreds of millions of dollars in, in, in profit and revenue. Uh, and you know, it's, it's not natural to not get that itch to be like, Hey man, if I'm doing this for other people, 
you know, you want to do it for yourself. Um, and there's a lot to it. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, the hardest part was what did I want to do? You know, the commercials I was doing was in women's skincare uh, for, for crepey skin, wrinkly skin, crow's feet, you know, how to look better when you're 60 year old woman. Uh, you know, you might want to look five or 10 years younger. Maybe you don't, maybe you want to look the best you do for your age. I mean, there's a million different angles and approaches. Everyone's different. We did women's hair, women's color cosmetics. I did a lot of commercials for things like T-Mobile cell phone and hair restoration. You know, I used to joke and I, I say it in the book um, that, you know, friends or relatives would say, Hey, you worried, you know, if the economy dips and, and I used to say, hey, as long as people, you know, are fat, balding and wrinkly, I'm always going to make money because everything <laughs> I worked on, you know, in the direct response world kind of focused in one way or another on people making those general types of improvements. But that didn't give me a clear path. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I was always into fitness, but I wasn't a fitness trainer. I wasn't going to be a guy who launches a fitness brand. I, I helped market those programs for great trainers, but that wasn't me. I wasn't that. Obviously, women's skincare didn't directly relate to me i don't think most women want to hear from me about you know skincare i mean i'm not the face of that and around the time uh that covid was hitting um i was besides the fact we were completely shut down and couldn't do anything and i had a big staff and big overhead and a lot of time to think because we weren't allowed to shoot or do anything and and before that before covid i'd gone to bali and gotten a tattoo on my chest that was part of a, a like a three-day healing mental wellness tattoo retreat very unique experience there's like a whole chapter or two in the book to go through that so i won't take the time here to try to repeat it but at the end of the tattoo i had a little bit of time left and i decided to hike uh, to hike a uh, volcano which is a very common touristy thing to do in in Ubud, a town called Ubud, and it's called mount batur and it's an active volcano so there's rock and lava and ash and you hike up it in the morning in pitch black and you know you come down after you see an amazing sunrise which all sounds well and good but to make a long story short i did catch an amazing sunrise but by the time i came down my my chest and my new tattoo was covered in black lava ash and soot and, and this tattoo i mean was raw this had been a tattoo that had literally 18 hours earlier, just finished two full days of tattooing on my chest. So if you could think of like anything in the world, you don't want to do to a new tattoo other than like hold a blowtorch or maybe shoot it with a gun. I would say getting volcanic ash and rock in your open tattoo would be right up there oh, with bad things. Wow. And uh, so I was on my way back to the airport because I had made the trip so tight. It wasn't even like I was going to have a chance to go back to a hotel. We checked out. My driver stopped in the town of Ubud in Bali. And Ubud, as it turns out, I found out later, means medicine or, and healing, which is pretty cool. And grabbed a bunch of aloes and lotions and creams and hydration uh, gels. And it, it was really like a guinea pig type thing. But I'm like, I'm getting on this plane. I got like a 22-hour flight back to L.A. with, with everything. I got to do something. And on the plane, I became like my own guinea pig and was mixing and matching and trying to keep it as clean as I could and in the bathroom, trying to get all the ash out. And at the end of the day, it did not infect um, some some basic but helpful things that I did prevented a really, really bad situation from happening. And I came back to work and this is fairly bef soon before COVID started. And, and man, I was just hooked. I, I kept saying to my team, I want to do a tattoo line. I want to do a tattoo line. And it was funny because I was almost more short-sighted about it at the time. Like I didn't necessarily allow myself to think as big as, as Derm Dude's already become and, and certainly becoming. I just thought in terms of if I want to make one product, you know, I was going to make a tattoo bomb for me, you know, because all the tattoo products were not really made by tattoo guys. They were made by marketing companies. And I knew that whole world. I knew the 
the BS of the board meetings and the investors and the financial officers saying, no, change this ingredient because this one's five cents cheaper without really caring about what's in the product a lot of times. So for me, it was going to be a tattoo product. And I mean, I was maybe like a week or two into coming up and working with formulators on the tattoo product where my mind was like, now this is so much bigger. You know, the tattoo is a, a nice little niche, small thing, but I was just hooked on it, man. And we, uh, you know, it feels like overnight, but it, it was pretty quick. We literally did our tattoo line. We went right into beard, started doing really well. You know, I always struggled with my own beard before this. It was patchy and scratchy and itchy, and I would get white flakes all over my black shirts. And it, it was a struggle. So I worked with formulators and we spent, you know, a long time, six, eight months easily coming up with our beard line of products and tested every one of them on myself. We would go through 49, 50 sometimes 60 versions of any one product. So that's why I say, even though we launched a company a little while back, we really weren't selling. We were getting the products right. Instead of just coming up with an idea and saying, let's test this, I was building a brand. I was building what I thought I wanted for me and that every guy really should have access to. Um, and it was once we did balls that the whole thing blew open. I mean, that, that was the craziest thing and people laugh, but the, the, the story, which sounds more myth than, than whatever, but it's true is, um, we're, we're plugging along and we're, we're doing well for a small little startup, probably pacing the way you do. And, uh, I was home one night and everyone kept saying, you need to do TikTok. You need to, and I was like, I, I don't even know what that is, man. I'm 50 years old, almost 50 like that. I don't need to learn one more thing. I can barely remember how to log into my, you know. And I saw my six-year-old twins just sitting there on TikTok laughing, having the time. And really, it was more me like, all right, if my six-year-old twins can master this app, I'm, I'm pretty certain that there's some way I can figure this out. Mm -hmm. And we came in the office like a day or two later, and a good friend of mine stopped by to say hello. And he was sitting right here to my side where I was. And I didn't have the headsets. I didn't have the microphone. And and he asked me about what we were doing. And I started to explain some of our ball products and our beard products and just really riffing in real time. And someone filmed it between the iPhones and someone turned on these cameras and literally they cut a little clip of it, maybe 40 seconds, and they put it on TikTok. And the next day it had like 1.5 million views. <laughs> wow. I remember like going to bed at night thinking something was wrong because I saw all these orders going bing, 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 bing. And I'm like, well, this can't be something's wrong. And then like next morning it kept going. And then we realized. Well, you know, by the weekend, I had like two and a half million. And I think now that same video has like, I think almost 6 million views, just that one video. And we've had several hmm. uh, videos since then in the millions. Um, and none of it's planned, none of it's scripted. It's, I just sit here and I riff with someone, share my thoughts and we put them up and, you know, it's sometimes they take off. Sometimes they do really well. Sometimes they, nobody gives a shit what I'm saying. <laughs> and they don't. It's, it's, you know, and, and it's all good, man. So let's 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 dissect that for a minute. And um, this is uh, you know interesting because a lot of people need to be on it. You know now TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, wherever else, YouTube, and it's a marketing game. The game is tough, and there's no like necessarily right way to do it or the 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 surefire way. But with your background and understanding in media and advertising and so on and so forth, you can look back on those ones that have been very successful. Can you dissect those and maybe find what that secret sauce is, if you will? Like, could you help us understand that? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I know what what works for us. And mm -hmm. one of the things I always say to people, um, and, and this isn't a cop-out. It's not that I'm not willing to share information. I'll tell you everything I know. 
Um, I used to say that to, to the clients all the time or people in the pitch meeting and, you know, they would say, well, we'll pay you for your ideas. If we don't hire you, it's a, you can keep them. I don't care because it's all about the execution ideas are a dime a dozen. So I can tell you what we do and what works for us. And generally speaking, 90% of that works because it works for us and resonates. But if someone else tries to do that, it's not going to work for them. If you sat there and said everything that I say and do, it's not going to resonate the way that for whatever reason, what I do does same thing. If I walk in with your clients and say, Hey, I'm here today and let's, you know, do this fitness thing. It's, it, it's not authentic. It's not real. It doesn't flow. So first and foremost is it's very easy to look at something. And in my previous life of, of 20 years in the LA marketing world, the biggest thing, and it used to drive me crazy clients would do is, Hey, I saw this other brand on TV last night. Look what they're doing. Let's do that. And it's like a surefire way for the most part to make sure that it doesn't work because the variables are so different. They're night and day different. There's a million variables that differ from one brand or one product to the other, just like human beings. So there's a couple of things that I personally believe uh, work for us and and other brands that I see when they're successful. And, and that is number one, um, you know, is the authenticity. If you have someone who is genuinely passionate about what they're doing, what they're talking about. I think people can see it all day long. It's okay if you stumble. I think people don't mind that. I think they like that. I've seen some of our best performing videos, ones where I stumble, I skip a word or two, or I step on myself and laugh at myself. Sometimes I make fun of myself. Um, and I'm not just there being an idiot or a clown, but I'm being real. Because in everyday conversation, we slip up, we skip a few words. You know, you said earlier, you've said derm dude 15 times, which is great. One time you said dude derm. I get it. I used to do the same thing. I mean, that's real. <laughs> It's real. Yeah. I mean, and people get that and it's a hundred percent real, just like, you know, with your baby in the background and like, oh, I hope he doesn't cry and make noise. I'm like, so what if he does? I mean, if, if people have a real issue with someone having a baby in the background in 2023, let them go watch something else. I don't care. Um, it's just one of those things. So if that's your pitch, that's our pitch and it's not a pitch. It's real. So we, we do things in a very real, genuine way. It is what it is. Um, it's, it's nothing phony, nothing fluff. And people say that you can put it in words, but if you don't live it and do it. And I think for me, it's very obvious. I'm passionate about tattoos. I'm covered in them. You can go on YouTube and see videos of me traveling in the world, uh, working with some of the different tattoo artists around the world, telling their stories because I love it. I wasn't getting paid to do that. It was my passion. So I think a lot of people inherently like this guy really knows tattoos. He cares about tattoos. He, he's not phoning it in. Um, we have photos of my beard before our products. After I do a lot of demonstrations, I talk about our products and I explain why we developed them the way they did, why they work the way they do, what to look out for uh, in, in products that might not do what they promise. And the same thing with balls. A, we try to be funny and humorous because I, I like to laugh. I, you know, and the guys I like to hang out with like to laugh. So we try to be irreverent. We try to be funny. I want to grab someone's attention. I mean, people crack up at the names of our products. I mean, this one is called Happy Sack Nut Love Cooling Cream. And this became our first viral product. I mean, it went off the charts absolutely through the roof. And a lot of people, I'm sure, and they've said this, literally clicked on it and stopped because they thought the name was so hilarious. They had to see what it was. Great. I'm fine with that. Now I've got your attention. Then once I can speak to you and explain in about five seconds that it really is going to instantly start to cool down there and fight bacteria and help fight chafing and help fight jock itch and keep it fresh and smelling good all day and prevent swamp sack, then people want it. 
And, mm-hmm. it's, you know, so for me, I'd rather just try to get your attention in a fun way rather than say, hey, you look at this or, hey, come over here. And, you know, I'm not the yell and sell type person. I, I never really feel like I'm selling anything. I'm sharing information. I'm not trying to educate. That's boring as shit. And what we all did in school. And I didn't really like school very much. I didn't want to be educated, but I loved being informed. If there was an interesting topic, man, I was glued. If somebody was sitting at me regurgitating boring information back to me, I was, you know, so that's really what I try to do is just share information with people that I have now through my career, my years of working with formulators and top dermatologists and everything, being a 50, almost 51 year old guy. I'm trying to share that with guys who, like most of us, we never had that. We didn't have that access. I mean, our fathers, for the most part, were not really like that. It was, you know, hey, man, you stink. Get in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'm sitting here explaining to guys, you know, standing in the shower with the water running on your head for 10 minutes is not a shower. That means you got your head wet and the front of your body somewhat wet. You know, put on a mitt like our sack scrubber, put on some charcoal activated ball wash, Uh, And I'll explain why charcoal activated is so good for your balls and scrub your balls, then rinse it off and scrub your ass and really get in there. And don't forget the toes and behind the knees and, you know, all these other areas. And, you know, we say to people, you know, make sure you dry your sack a hundred percent. If your sack is remotely damp or moist, when you're heading out for the day, you're going to invite bacteria. That's going to lead to other factors and issues and some unhealthy, some that just don't smell very pleasant. And you'd be stunned. You know, you always get a couple of trolls who are like, oh, duh, no shit, dry my balls. The reality is 90% of the people who respond are like, you know, I'm always racing out the door. I'm always in a rush after the shower. I don't really dry my balls all the way. That was a great tip. I'm, I'm actually not chafing as much. I don't have jock itch. Now I'm using your product and I'm smelling better and I'm fresh all day and I feel better and I'm cooler. And I mean, you know, a lot of the things that I'm sharing with guys are not brain surgery. I'm not, I'm not claiming that I found the next greatest secret ingredient on the planet crypto under a rock somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've done and our team has done is we've used real knowledge, real experience, real research, worked with the best professionals, best labs, best doctors, and we spend the money to put the best ingredients at the highest percentages that make sense in our products to give people a really good value and so far, they just keep coming back. And that's that's the goal of building a brand, in my opinion. Awesome. I, I appreciate that share and appreciate the uh, you know, about being authentic in your approach to building your brand and, and delivering messages on these different types of social media platforms. Um, going back to drying your balls, perhaps your, one of your next products, if you haven't already thought about it, is a ball sack dryer. Um, and, 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 you know, and I, I, you know, I, I remember going to like health clubs and seeing the old men with towels, lifting their legs up real high. You're like, oh man, come on. <laughs> like, and they're, they're drying their balls. But, you know, I've, I've used hair dryers before and you put it on the cool setting so you don't burn yourself, but it's a, uh, it's a great way to do it. But perhaps there's something out there if there already isn't, if you're not thinking about that, it'd be another product. So my, my, that's my pet peeve going to the gym. And, you know, I'm always, I try to be more respectful of the older guys and, you know, especially if I'm, I'm an older guy now. Well, yeah, we're, we're the older guys now, right? But, but it is sometimes when you see the guys who like got to be in their eighties and they're a thousand, you know, if they have a hair left, it's totally gray, wherever it is on their body. And there's two things that they do. And I just, you know, you, you and you, I don't say anything, but one is they take the actual hair dryer that's for everyone, the communal hair dryer, and they shove it right in there. You know, and after they're done shoving it right in there, they shove it up their ass and just dry up there, you know, and you just want to say, 
you realize that's for everyone that's provided from the, the club for everyone's use. Right. You know, that you at least wipe it. Then, and the other one is, you know, the gym I go to, like a lot of gyms has some very nice leather chairs, couches that are right in front of the TV. So after you work out, sometimes there's a game on people can sit and just bullshit and hang out. And, and you might see like five, six, seven guys that are either wearing their gym shorts or they're sitting on a towel. If they're naked, then you always got like the one or two dudes. And again, it's the same guys who have the uh, hair dryer and fractions of shoving it in their balls and up their ass who are sitting on the leather couches absolute buck naked to the point where when they stand up you hear that leather peeling off of their like <laughs> aged decrepit asses and it's yeah. like peeling away and you know and everyone's just like and then they might leave and everyone's like standing and there's like one spot left on the couch with like these two like wet ass prints from previously but no one's sitting down and right. it's like, you wonder why. And then this guy comes back after he goes to the bathroom and gets a drink. It's like, oh, my seat's still available. Good. And I'm like, you think? Can't believe someone <laughs> didn't jump in right there, you know, face first. I mean, it's like, come on. Man. So, again, I think with, with a certain level of age, you, you get a certain extra level of respect. So uh, I try to laugh at it more, but uh, I don't know how we ended up on that. But that is true. It's about, about drawing your balls. So what, what do you recommend in that area? What, how do you how do you recommend your your uh recommend people do this yeah i mean look the main thing is after you get out of the shower and most people have access to a towel or using a towel is the best way to try to get it as dry as humanly possible all over and then if you want to use a dryer that's totally fine but be aware i mean dryers have different settings so you absolutely do not want to get too hot um you absolutely could cause damage if you're routinely putting like blowing hot air on there so i mean just use common sense and good judgment because the sack is your one of your most sensitive parts on your body your testicles obviously need to be kept at a certain temperature for your health and well-being and everything so just use common sense about that but the biggest thing is making sure that you don't do what we've all done before which is you're running late or you're just in a hurry or you're not paying attention and you get out of the shower and you know it's not uncommon like i've left the gym a million times with my hair wet i've left the gym you know with my beard still wet we don't necessarily stop and think we have to get every single part of us completely dry and the reality is if you get one part of you dry or parts, make sure it's the parts that really otherwise don't get exposed all day. So in other words, south of the border, your your groin area, get your ass dry because same thing. I mean, if it's moist and damp, I mean, we could joke about it, but the reality is what's going to happen if it's moist and damp all day, it's going to invite more bacteria in. There's already a lot of shit going on back there. You don't want to add to the problem, no pun intended. <laughs> um, things like armpits, you know, if you're dealing with things, I mean, we all sweat. We all will develop odors throughout the course of any given day. We're all human beings. That's what the point of good hygiene and good grooming is for. So we're not sitting there saying, you smell, you have smelly balls, you need this product. We're saying human beings, males, I mean, this is the way our bodies are. We shed millions of skin cells every single day. You know, it, I always give the analogy, don't brush your teeth and see how long into the day it is before people start pulling away from you just when you walk up to say hi. So you, you, you sit there and we take care of our teeth and we know to brush our teeth and we use a special toothpaste and a special toothbrush. So use products for those special areas on your body. Use a product for your groin area, your balls that has activated charcoal, which is very gentle and cleaning, but fights bacteria is soothing is calming, but because it's gentle, it doesn't strip away the elements that you want that your body produces naturally. You can get the strongest, most powerful cleaning agents out there and use them all over your body. 
And yeah, they'll kill all the bacteria. They'll also kill the good bacteria and they'll strip you dry and you'll have chafing and you'll be dry and raw and itching and inflamed. So the name of the game is not what is the most powerful cleaning agent on the planet. I mean, you can go spread rubbing alcohol all over yourself if that's your goal. Don't do that. Very bad. I'm not saying to do that, but from that analogy. So what makes a really good formula and a really good product is something that is formulated, taking into account how men's bodies are. Um, you know, our products are pH balanced specifically for the groin area. Um, our products do have a fragrance that guys love. We have and, and women love. So your visitors, we're going to be very happy when they visit. But I would not take your cologne that you're using and is formulated for your neck up here and spray it on your balls. That's typically going to have a very high irritation rate, a much stronger alcohol base. And what we're putting on our balls down here is very gently formulated to have the least chance of causing some type of an irritation versus products that are not formulated for that part of the body. Awesome. Really thorough and thoughtful. Again, just in like your delivery here and the the products. And it was exactly what I was going to ask about the charcoal. You know, charcoal has been used for thousands of years um, for many different varieties. I use charcoal for digestion issues. If I ever have any type of indigestion or heartburn or anything like that, uh, activated charcoal is a great way to do that. Um, they use it in the hospitals uh, for people who have other types of gastrointestinal issues. Um, but I haven't necessarily seen it other than just teeth. Uh, they have it in toothpaste now. Uh, used on the skin. This is the first time um, kind of in that sense that it's actually great to hear because I'm a big fan and, you know, I want the listeners to understand like any other products that have these additives in there, you might have uh, things that get into your, into your bloodstream, like your body, your skin is your biggest organ and has a lot of ways that products that are not designed um, that are not designed with that in mind to have different types of chemicals into your body uh, or can be very, very detrimental uh, and over time can cause serious health issues. So your products here have no like paraffins or anything like that, that has any type of chemicals that can get in that causes any type we of don't use illness. We don't, we don't use paraffins. We don't use sulfates. Our deodorant is, it says on it, no, no damn aluminum in our deodorant. And in fact, awesome. one of our, one of our options in our deodorant is charcoal. We have a charcoal activated deodorant as well as non-charcoal. Um, but yeah, I mean, charcoal is in general, the right formulation and the right amounts great for your skin. Look, one of the biggest scams out there in the world of the cosmetic beauty personal care industry for guys products girls products or anything um, and i'm not saying this about any of the brands i worked with specifically in the past i'm just saying as a general rule and you can google this and look it up are terms like fairy dusting or marketing levels and what that means is when you look at a product like any of our products out here everyone has to list the ingredients the actual ingredients on the side that's an fda requirement and you know, we all do that. What you don't have to do and what people don't do is list the actual percentages used. And that is the biggest scam loophole in the world. So what happens is we can take this product, our beardgasmic beard wash, shampoo and conditioner and use all the best ingredients. And what are you paying for? You're paying by volume, the amount of that ingredient. If I use a tiny little bit of a great ingredient or I use a lot of a great ingredient, does it cost me more to make the product with a lot of the great ingredient or a little? It obviously costs me more. But having said that, you can still put that ingredient on the label as long as you sprinkle a trace amount in there. So mm -hmm. to the average consumer, they can look in our, in our Happy Sack Nut Love and say, oh, cucumber. Oh, chamomile. Wow, that's great. Then they can go online to something like Amazon or walk into any store and be like, 
well, this one has those ingredients too, and it's half the price. I'll get that one. It's a much better deal. Unfortunately, it's not clear to the consumers until they use the product and realize one is helping them and giving them the good results and the other is not, that the formulas are never created the same. They're not equal. And that's why it helps to to build a quality brand over time so that the consumers speak, let America talk, let America review and share their experience and look at how many times the same customers come back over and over again, because we're not looking to get a customer one time. We're looking to bring someone into our tribe, into the Durham dude audience, crowd, family, whatever you want to call it, um, to be with us ongoing um, because we offer good products for grooming hygiene and we have a lot of fun doing it. So um, we're never going to do something that is not 110% to our own standards because then it's not going to be to someone else's standards. And, you know, at this point, I've got the luxury of doing that, man. I've just, I'm at that point in my life where I'm not going to do it any other way. That's awesome. Let's go to your book. So talk about that. Under your skin, tell us a little bit about that, uh, like kind of how it came about, what it's about, and uh, all the good stuff. Yeah, so this was um, me pretty much vomiting up my life story, something I thought I would never do. Um, It's called Under My Skin, and uh, as you can imagine from the title, um, it ties into my tattoos, but it's not a book about tattoos or tattooing. It really starts with my life as a kid growing up in New Jersey and confused and messed up and insecure and wandering. And maybe that's not different than most kids um, in some ways, but I dive into a lot of details um, uh, that get very personal and real. And the book has a lot of things in it that I never shared with anyone up until uh, the book came out. Um, And really, can you share one right now that could uh, attract us to wanting to learn more about you? Uh, well, I, I talk about um, the the suicide of my father in the book. Um, I share, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I've shared that. Thank you. The first time that it happened, I was 13 uh, and he ended up surviving, living that time. And then uh, I don't know, about four years ago, five years ago, he I don't know if the word successful, but I mean, you know, he, he did end up uh, taking his life. And but, but, you know, but that's that's, you know, one chapter. Um, certainly those things shape your life uh, beyond but many different things. And I say to people that, you know, in this book, and this is what people have said back, that you're laughing your ass off one minute because some of the stupid, goofy, fucked up things that I've gotten myself into are almost too stupid to imagine that you're laughing your ass off. And the next minute you're, you're kind of, you know, crying. And I remember after I finished the book, it was supposed to take three months and it took 13 months. And I finally put it down and said, you know, before I approve this, let me come back in a month with fresh eyes and read it. And, you know, by then I had enough distance from it and I would be laughing out loud and I'd turn a few pages and I'd I'd get choked up and be like, man, that was some serious shit. Um, But really what's interesting too is that, you know, my own tattoos I describe in the book are my own therapy. I'm a giant post-it note or a scratch pad. And, you know, they have a lot of specific meaning to me. And each chapter focuses on a different tattoo specifically and what life lesson that has been for me in the past, in the now and going forward. So really each, each, each chapter has a specific tattoo that becomes the narrator of life lessons from family, you know, finding love, brokenhearted, the thrills and joys of children, the horrors of when your children are sick. And, you know, three of my four children, you know, have had severe, severe medical issues uh, occurring in near death in a few cases and, you know, pulling through that and, and you know, how that changes you um, and, and how to do that for the better. You know, a lot of the book is about what I call peaks and valleys. Um, 
it's not one of those books. It's not one of those things where you go to these seminars and you have these guys standing there with helicopters and pictures of boats behind them saying, look at me, my life's amazing. If you just read this and do these three things, you're going to make all the money in the world tomorrow and you're never going to have a problem again. And you're going to be, you know, doing whatever you want to do with whoever, you know, if you believe that exists, good luck. This isn't it for me. This is a reminder to me and sharing with everyone else that, you know, all of my greatest successes, and there've been a lot of them. I'm very blessed and very fortunate financially, professionally, business-wise, family-wise, but every one of those came with many, many valleys um, before and after those peaks. And what I finally really came to terms with is that life really is a series of valleys and peaks. And if you're truly living and breathing, there's no way to avoid that. And what I try to do for myself and sharing this book is accept the fact that when I'm in those valleys and they will come, they will come again. You will find yourself there. What can I learn when I'm in those valleys that is one going to keep me sane Two, help me pull myself out of that valley again. And three, once I get back to that peak, keep me on top of that peak, maybe just a little bit longer and, and, and a little bit more humble. And how can I share that with other people who might find themselves stuck in a valley and not necessarily seeing the path back to that peak? And, you know, it sounds like a lot, but that's what the book really does. And then ultimately leads through my professional career, um, if you want to call it that. And, you know, it, I mean, it's a series of, of comedy of errors or intentional things. And, you know, I, like I said, if, if anything, you know, when you see someone on the cover of their own book, pretty much naked with just their junk covered, um, you, you kind of know that that you're in for an interesting ride. Awesome. What are you most proud of to date in your uh, in your life career? Uh, my four kids, hands down. Awesome. awesome. Biggest accomplishment. I, I don't even know if it's fair to say it's an accomplishment. I give them the credit, but yeah, I've been very blessed. I hit the jackpot yeah. four times. Awesome. And you're uh tattoos if you were to only be able to keep one of them which one would you keep <laughs> man that is a that is such a good question that nobody has ever asked before and i i don't know man i might just stand there and run out of time the clock would run out and i don't know if, <laughs> you know if they said i question if the gun was to your head and you had to answer it they probably end up pulling the trigger i don't know that I, they all have such different meaning on so you know and they're also each one of them, several of them represent each one of my kids. So I can't even separate it that way because I can't okay. choose one of my, you know, um, uh, but you know, the word tribe on my hand uh, means a lot to me because it's very universal uh, and has mm. deep meaning to me, my tribe, my people, my most inner people that, you know, I have forever trusted and always will and certainly encompasses my children and a few people beyond that. So the tribe is a very, meaningful one for me that's been there for a long time and i also have a couple that that i just good messages one says no plan b which is my own reminder constantly that you know make it happen there's no plan b and and i also have one that says lower the bar because i do like when people underestimate i think that's the best thing in the world you can do is let people underestimate you and surprise them every time awesome well listen you are outstanding. I really appreciated this conversation. I appreciate you and your authenticity and just what you're doing in life. Again, I sense, it, it, I'm really glad that I brought up about the not judging book by its cover. And, you know, there's, because it's, it, it's something to be shared, you know, we need to do that more. And it's something that really knowing you and getting to know your true nature has been a joy and a pleasure. And grateful to have been able to have this conversation. You know, I was uncertain on how it would go being, you know, a men's grooming product and not knowing where <laughs> we would land on this. 
but it has been inspirational. It's been enlightening. Your story is great. And I wish you all the success that you deserve and keep on raising the bar. Congrats with the new baby. Eight months old today, you said? Eight months today. Yes. Luca. Happy happy birthday, Luca. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. And uh, Jersey strong, props Jersey and keep it real. Thank you everybody for listening. Until next time, stay healthy and well, and keep grooming those areas that are sensitive. Your balls, beard, and anything. Tattoos. Tattoos. Get them all. all. You got them all. Your underarms. So go to dermdude.com. Go to Amazon to get your book. Men's grooming brands under the skin, balls, beard, tattoos. (laughs) Get it. Speak soon. Thanks, guys.